Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do declare, here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Dreamers. After venturing into the rubble to find Barnabas, Gary has to employ a number of quick retreats and clever tricks as he digs through the ashes, successfully recovering the injured tailor. By pure luck, he avoids the abomination and brings Barnabas back to the rest of the goblins at the camp. They rejoice, and he rests for the night. The next morning, as they decide what to do next, the group and Gary decide to travel together as they head north toward the Sunder. I do declare, Yorana is back in session. Big shot. Let's see what you got. Yasuka takes off her glasses and places them in the bedding pool. Feeling lucky, Ray. I'll beat you with my eyes closed. Grisabeth pats your back and she says, Show them what for, Mr. Globamy. So, Gary, you are currently playing over under with Yasuka. It's kind of like blackjack, but you do it with a 12 sided die. Yasuka has just bet her glasses. What are you betting? Okay, uh, I see your glasses, and I raise you one soul gem. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, all right, cool. Here we go. Ray slash Gary, you may roll 1d12 and tell me what your number is. That's a 10. Okay, 10. Nine. Hit me. And Yasuka rolls again. That's an eight. So she goes, eight. Bring me up to 17. Ray, hit a stay. Hit. Okay. That's a two. Okay, 12 to 17. Hit. Yeah, hit. Ooh, Yasuka rolls an 11, uh, bringing her to 28. But you have already said hit, so. One, that brings me to 13. And I guess I'll... Day. <laughs> yeah, and you collect the, the bedding pool. You collect Yasuka's glasses. Yasuka goes, Shit! Do the- <laughs> okay. Do they have any special properties, abilities? Uh, They are. They correct your vision if you have Yasuka's prescription. <laughs> yeah. So Gary tries on the glasses over his glasses and fills with them. And goes, You know, these... Don't work for me, just take them back. Thank you! And uh, she grabs them <laughs> and kind of puts them back on her face. At this point, Calvin kind of tugs on your shirt and says, Daddy! Daddy, I'm hungry! Uh, let's see. Yeah, oh. us too! And you see Silas and Solara hear that and they get really excited. And Becca goes, now, kiddos, we already told you. We gotta ration our food for now until we find some more. Uh, and then Grizabeth slash Angelina kind of, like, whispers into your ear and says, Hey, Ray, I'm feeling a little famished, too. What do you suppose? 
you hear a loud wooden splintering noise as the dragon jolts forward. Stay here. I'll check it out. I'm going to climb out of the... You said the dragon? I said the dragon? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I meant wagon. The wagon jolts forward. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what's a dragon? Yeah, uh, you climb down from the dragon, apparently, and uh, you step outside and see Meg, along with the other two horses, kind of scampering about nervously. <laughs> the front left wheel of the wagon is lying on the ground, and the carriage has fallen into the snow. You hear a steady approaching glide as the giant eagle approaches. Strunk sets the sling that contains Barnabas on the ground, and then shifts into goblin shape as he steps onto the ground. I saw that. What happened, Ray? It looks like the wheels just come off. No. Oh. Do you think we can fix it? I, I don't... I'll try. Hmm. My dad never taught me as a kid. I'm afraid I don't know much about it either. I'll give it a go. Alright. Can I roll for like that, or should you I... You could roll roll an investigation, I guess, to try and assess the damage yeah. on the wagon. Twelve. You look and, I mean, you're no wagon mechanic, but uh, you look under the carriage and you see that the axle that connects the two front wheels has actually splintered and broken. And so one of the wheels has fallen off, and that actual, that rod that holds them together and allows them to rotate is just fucking busted. Hmm. Looks like the wheel is fine, but the axle is broken. Damn. Bonabus, do you know anything of this? I think that if the axle is broken... It's going to be a very serious repair. You might be better off, honestly, just replacing the wagon at that point. It's definitely not going to ride safely with a makeshift axle. So, we just travel on foot? You see, Strong kind of surveys the area and he says, I mean, we could perhaps travel on foot to another location, but... We definitely can't make it all the way to the Sunder on foot. It's too cold. We can't leave all of our supplies out here. That's fair. Perhaps we can hide it off in the woods? To be honest, we are running a bit low. And Gary, you know that over the course of the last few days, you guys have eaten through most of your rations, and people are starting to get pretty hungry. I suppose... We just pocket what we can and keep going. North? North. Hmm. Um, Would it be worth stopping in a a small town nearby, perhaps? Yeah. Uh, How about this? I'll help you. Maybe between all of us we can kind of lift the wagon off to the side of the road and start a small fire. Whoever wants to stay behind can stay. I would like to accompany you. Yeah. All right. We'll do that. Okay. Uh, everyone. And you see everyone is kind of like nervous in the cart being like, what's going on? We've run into an issue with the wagon. We're going to need you to get out. Help us lift it over. Uh, Ray and I and whoever else is, wants to come. We'll, uh, we're going to see if we can find some town nearby. Maybe someone who can repair the wagon. Get us a new one or some food. Food, I'm really hungry. And Calvin uh, jumps out of the wagon, but the snow is so deep that like he disappears into it. <laughs> and then he like swims out. He goes, Whoa! <laughs> I- I've never seen this much snow before. Me neither. Gary will help him out like with one hand. This- Thanks, Daddy. Yeah, he- he's just holding onto your arm like a baby koala. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's get lifting. Yeah. You see, Grizabeth hops out of the car, as do Yimik, Yorick, Yasika, 
Becca, uh, Becca carefully lowers down Silas and Solara, and you all get ready to move the cart over. Roll a strength check for me, Gary. Okay, that's a f- 14. Okay. You all grab a different part of the wagon and lift up. And waddle it over off to the side of the road and gently place it down. The horses have been unhitched and they kind of like walk around. They start trying to graze under the trees for whatever little foliage they can get. And uh, how are you setting up camp? Uh, Gary will just immediately cast the bonfire. Yeah, the bonfire appears. Whoa, I like it when you do that. That's pretty cool. Ah, now I'm not sure who should stay. We need a body guard for those that want to stay. Well, I I suppose I could stay. And uh, Becca raises her hand and goes, I, I, to be honest, I don't really want Silas and Solera going through the snow, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty capable. Okay, I'm scared, but don't see much choice. I understand, but don't worry, I'll... Uh, I'll be sure they're safe. And Strunk goes, wait, here. And he picks up like a dry twig off the ground and he runs his hand over it. And as he does, you see he like mutters something under his breath. And as the hand goes along the twig, on it you see it sprouts a bunch of purple berries. It's not much, but it will help sustain you. If we're gone for too long, use these, but please... Use them wisely. And he hands them over to Becca and she goes, All right, thank you. You can make food? Not much. They're called good berries. Really, um, not enough food to sustain someone, but enough to keep you alive in an emergency situation. Maybe someone can hunt for food. Why don't we do that on the way? We don't know how far the nearest town is. Right. Daddy? Yeah, Miss, um, can I, can I come with you, please? I was hoping you'd come. Yay! I want to learn how to be a hero like you. Chris, I mean, Angelina. Yeah. Will you come with us? Of course, I'd be happy to come, Ray. And then he's going to go to Barnabas. I don't know. I forget what I asked you to do. But I remember you offering to make clothing. Yes. I don't have materials now, but as soon as we get somewhere and as soon as I'm well enough to use my hands a little more, I'd be happy to create more for your family. There are a couple of quilts on the horses that have helped to keep them warm. Take those for your trek. Ah. And what about you guys? Don't you need them? I think we have enough blankets combined with the fire. We should be alright since we're not moving. Okay. I will bring back materials. I've got an idea for you. What is it? Well... Seeing as we are always on the run, it would be good if you could make cloaks of invisibility. It's quite the tall order, Mr. Globamy. But despite my short stature, I like tall orders. (laughs) I'll see what I can do. You focus on getting us to safety. Uh, he'll nod and begin to walk. Very well. He's, uh, he's, is Jeremiah going to be okay walking through the snow? I think, Chris, get a backpack and he can ride on your back or mine. Oh, that sounds, uh, that sounds fun. It's a interesting nickname, Greaves. What's it stand for? Oh, uh, because she's my little grizzly troll. (laughs) Cute. All right. 
and you see Grizzabeth goes off, uh, winks at you, and then uh, grabs one of the backpacks in the carriage. Okay, Jeremiah, I need you to hop in here. In there? Yeah. That's pretty cool. And he gets in the bag. It's like, a, there's not a zipper. It's kind of like one of those, like, drawstring bags. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, he's wearing the cloak that Barnabas made. And so it's covering his head like a little, like, snow outfit. Yeah. <laughs> and then the drawstring, like, closes up at his neck. So just his little head is poking out. <laughs> and Grizabeth puts him on her back. And she goes, okay. All right. You ready, Ray? Ready. All right. You guys stay safe. We'll be back before you know it. And uh, you guys begin to head out. You and Strunk are kind of leading the way through the snow. And as you walk, like, Strunk is very deliberately clearing a path through the snow to make it a little easier for Gris to walk without, like, stepping on anything that's going to make her slip. And eventually you come upon a sign in the road that you see one points northward and it just reads the sunder, the way that you've been going. The other one points to the left, so westward, and it says Hearthton. Okay. Um, the Sunder's what I've been looking for. Yeah. But, uh, let's check out this hearth thing first. I assume, obviously, the Sunder's to the north. Perhaps Hearthton is a little closer, and that's why it specifies... Yes. Okay, Gary, roll a d8 and a d12, and give me the combined result. A 7 and an 8, so that's 15. You travel on through the snow. You're kind of starting to head up an incline, and you're heading deeper into, like, the proper woods, and you can tell there's a path here, like a significant path, but one that probably doesn't get as much travel because the snow buildup is much, much heavier. And it is definitely getting colder. You're feeling it, and Calvin goes... Yeah, Jeremiah. Where? Where do all your friends go? Where are my friends? Yeah, the guys from work. Oh. They are at... They they went to work. Oh, that makes sense. Right. Are you on vacation? Well, daddy doesn't work with them anymore oh okay is it because you're a hero guy like like jeremiah it's because daddy's got a new job now and that's being a daddy grizzabeth smiles and then immediately kind of scrunches up her face to protect herself from the snow (laughs) (laughs) what did you do for a living before ray you wouldn't believe it. I was an attorney. Really? Yeah. How does an attorney become so formidable in combat? Well, how does someone so formidable in combat become an attorney is what you should be asking. Fair. (laughs) I thought I could change who I was. Maybe I was ashamed of it, but I came to realize that that it's just it's not worth it. Ray, I think personal growth is uh, it's a difficult journey, but if it's something we care about, it's always worth it. But, from where I'm standing, you have done nothing but help us in the short time we've known you, and uh, it looks like you have a really outstanding family. So, um, I, whatever you're doing, I think you're doing it well. I guess what I mean is, it's wrong to deny my true nature. And what is that? Well, you know, goblins are have a history, and some may not see us as civilized creatures. Hmm. And, uh, 
we are not as puny as we may appear, but in the current times, we make ourselves puny. Hmm. Where, if we stick with the old ways, we are giants. Believe it or not, not not all goblins are violent monsters. We know this. I mean, look at the people we're traveling with. We were a very, very peaceful village. We needed someone like you to help us. I don't know how much you know of goblin history, but goblins are actually one of the oldest races around. As far as we know, we date back nearly as far as the humans. Uh, we, we predate a number of other quote-unquote monster races that exist now, and even some of the civilized ones. Of course, it's a difficult thing to track. It's well, speculative, but I think there's a reason we've survived this long. Without us, without what we bring to the table, the world that we live in would not be the way it is now. Sure, we've been dealt the short end of the stick, without a doubt, but we're still here. I think the reason we do it, look throughout history, regardless of what kind of goblins you're looking at, we are social creatures. We tend to have our clans. I think what makes us powerful is, uh, is our ability to work together for the greater good to survive. We always survive, Ray. It's only been humans and humanoids that have betrayed me in this world. But goblins in the occasional Warforge have done me well. Yes. And I think that was something my father always knew. Mm. And I tried so hard to reject those ways because, while well, yes, his ways were best, his morals were not. What's your purpose, Ray? Well, <laughs> I always wanted a family, mm. and I made my purpose is to make sure it's the best family I can make so they can be the best that they can be. And I know it's a simple dream, but I just want to have the perfect family. I can see that about you. And don't you think that perhaps the reason you rejected your father's ways. Perhaps the reason you were willing to put up with all this mistreatment instead of crawling into your hole and accepting your supposed lot in life. Maybe it's because you wanted to create a better world for your family, for your son. Is that not something worth fighting for? I did at first, but I came to realize if the world is going to betray you anyway, you don't need a better world. You can just leave the world. Is that what you want for your family? I don't know. I want them to be safe and happy, but there is no one I can trust that isn't a goblin. Oh. It's never too late to prove you wrong. And he smiles at you. And then right as he finishes saying that, you just hear... What was that? Is that a dragon or a cow? 
<laughs> and running out of the woods, just barreling at you, you see this creature with dark black eyes and fluffy white fur as a polar bear charges at you, spittle in its mouth and hunger in its eyes. Roll for initiative. <laughs> I don't know. He's supposed to did, be on the did, air right did now. Did you see him? No. I, I thought, where did he go? Did he run off with his date? It's Valentine's Day. I mean, maybe. I, he left no. everything behind. Yeah, look, there's chocolate, roses, oh, lube, open. Uh, a membership to patreon.com slash drimbus? Oh, wow. He even bought the annual membership to get that sweet, sweet discount. But why would he run off without it? It's the perfect gift. I mean, exclusive merch shipped out every few months. Oh, they get bonus content like every week exactly. too? Exactly, and even sneak peeks at the cool new top secret project in development that's totally not a Drimbus TTRPG, you know? Something's not right. Nikki would never leave without it. Huh. Wait, look, he even left his email open. Oh look, he, he just got the not so daily Drimbus. He was listening to this week's bonus content. Maybe there's a clue. Play the clip. Thank you for protecting me. I was certainly not feeling up to it whatsoever. I'd like to go home, Uncle. Oh, where is home for you, dear? But I can lead you to Fandolin. I don't want to go to I'm tired. We gotta finish the mission. I'm tired. I don't wanna go to Fandolin. <laughs> Summer, you're not here. I'm tired. I've killed so many goblins today. I've shot too many people. My dear, I didn't even uh, see you come down from the stream section. Where did you come into this chamber from? That's not important, Uncle. And and as they're having this conversation, asking where she came from, a crate of supplies falls down through the passage. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my, I guess it was through there. Oh, gents, if you're up there... We've handled things quite nicely, so why don't you loot those supplies that we could hightail it on out of here to fandle? A second supply crate falls. You know who you sound like? You sound like, what's that, the wild thornberries? You sound like the dad from the wild thornberries. Oh, Nigel Thornberry? Nigel. There you go, yes. You sound like Nigel, that's awesome. That's smashing. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, nothing. No. Where's that list of his best friends? Oh, Why don't yeah. we call them up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have it right here. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, write these down. We got uh, okay, Jerry okay. Benetados, uh -huh, uh -huh. Queso Loco, yep, yep. Gretchen Binet, yep, I got it. Alejandro Lopez, yep. Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, yep. Regina Russell. Oh, don't forget Salty. Okay, I got it. Uh, Adrian Bundy, uh -huh. Sam Olivos, uh -huh. Jordan Cobb. Yep. The unnamed rogue. He's going to be hard to find. Yeah. Uh, John Gillette, Chloe G, Conair on DVD, MB Star, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Davis Walden, yep. Denny Dewdrop, Myth Mouse, Will Woodall, Callie Wolf, Brendan and Bishop. Friends. Yeah, he does have a lot of friends. Oh, Bridge, uh -huh. uh, Twiglets, Joanna, Wes Berger, uh -huh. Stan Sitzman, Scrambles the Death Dealer. Whoa. He always was a little shady. Yeah. Aaron Adams, Nathan Mesnard, Ruth Anados, Morgan Lawson, Olivia Hill, uh, Wilhelm Fuchs? Yeah. Or is it Fuchs? I mean, he says right here, I'm gonna say it until you correct me, so I guess... Okay, Trip, uh, yeah. uh, Carrie Holmes, and Stoner Panda. Oh, shit, the halftime was recorded. Oh, fuck, somebody cut back to the episode! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Hey everyone, it is your friendly neighborhood GM, John Carlo Herrera here, and today I wanted to tell you about an awesome show called Looters. It is an actual play podcast where a hilarious cast of friends go on dramatic, action-packed, sci-fi western adventures in a universe full of different factions vying for control over the Outer Rims. I love a good sci-fi western mix, the cast is so much fun to listen to, and it's played on the Stars Without Number game system, which is really fun to hear in audio. I really think listeners of Drimbus would enjoy it, so please check out this trailer, and if it intrigues you, go check them out at looterspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, enjoy. Hey, we're the Looters. Hey, what's up? Looters is a sci-fi western actual play podcast using the Stars Without Number system. We're a group of friends getting into trouble all over the universe. So come with us if you're into adventure. A rocket flies out of one of these ships far behind you and crashes into the wall and blows up. There's rockets? It's Mario Kart. Crazy. Intrigue. Can I hack into the body and maybe see if they have, like, a memory data bank in their brain or some shit like that that I can access? Metal, literally. <laughs> Devastating physical injury. <laughs> Just uh, take cover. Okay. She's a good pilot, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> very good. She's very good. And, and friendship. friendship. New episodes of Looters out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Calvin goes, Whoa! So I get advantage on initiative rolls, so that's a natural 20. Okay. Gary, you're up first as this polar bear charges out of the woods at you. Yeah, as the polar bear charges, Gary's going to sidestep and swipe with the scimitar. Strong looks at you. You've drawn your sword. He has drawn his. And he goes, I think we just found dinner. And Grizabeth immediately starts backing away very slowly. Uh, the polar bear charges at you and roll that attack. 25. That definitely hits. Roll for damage. Gary's going to do another attack. Okay. 28. Yeah, that definitely hits as well. So 8 and a 6. 14. So the polar bear charges at you. It looks rather thin as it comes running at you. You sidestep out of the way. You and Strunk both in unison. Like you step your left foot out and he steps his right foot out. So it charges between the two of you and you slash your scimitar all along its neck and up across its shoulder blade. It immediately looks like it's pretty seriously injured. You keep that motion going and you kind of pirouette and bring the sword right back into it, digging it into its shin. And it is already looking in pretty bad shape. However, at this point, you see a somewhat smaller but healthier looking second polar bear come charging out of the woods at you as well. And that one is going to take a nice big chomp at your ankles. It is diving right at your feet. Does a... No, that definitely... Does a 9 hit you? No. Jesus Christ. Does a 12 hit you? No. Okay. It chomps at your ankles. You lift the left foot up. It chunks at your right ankle and you dance to the other foot. <laughs> You're doing a little dance over the smaller polar bear's head. However, as you are distracted, the original polar bear, the mama bear, is going to scratch at you. Does a 23 hit you? Yes. You take 17 points of damage as you're dancing over the baby bear and the mama bear takes her claws and slashes across your stomach. (sighs) Then the mama bear is going to try to bite at you. You elbow her snout to keep her back away. (laughs) Grizz is going to use her movement to run 40 feet away and try to take cover behind a tree. She goes, Calvin, Calvin, be quiet, be quiet. She rolls a stealth. You can see her pretty clearly. Uh, It does not look like she's doing a great job of hiding, but we shall see. Next up is Strunk. As you are kind of moving around, he pulls out that longsword and he chops at the mama bear and he actually inserts it into her gut. And he goes, all right, Mr. Glober, me, keep this up. Keep an eye on the small one. And you see the mama bear lets out a big... 
As the longsword just rearranges her guts and not in the fun way. <laughs> Next up, you hear Calvin and Grizz are kind of fighting behind the tree that she's hiding by. She goes, Calvin, no, Calvin. You see she's kind of being like tossed around by the weight on her back and she falls onto her back with Calvin presumably face down in the snow. Gary, you're up. Yeah, Gary's just going to retaliate with the scimitar and finish the mama bear. Okay, go for it. 23 hits. Absolutely. Roll for damage. Uh, that's a 10. This is a frightening sight as even though you've grown a little taller, you're still relatively close to goblin size. You're small and you see that black, almost plasticky clawed hand grab onto the scruff and with just one like super strong motion, he throws her, he literally yeets her off of the sword, comes off like meat coming off a kebab and onto her back. Yeah, and while she's on her back, Gary will bring the scimitar into her heart. She lets out a big yelp that reverberates through the forest. You see the blood begins to pour out onto the snow as the hunger has been replaced with a bit of fear in her eyes. Well, that is a six. He's going to pull out the scimitar, slash at her throat, and then take the bonus action he has to hide in the snow. <laughs> okay, roll that stealth check for me. <laughs> That's a 17. Okay, cool. You stab her in the heart, pull the scimitar out. You go to try and finish her off, but she's like tossing and turning in agony. So you nick one of the legs. Uh, you still get a pretty sizable chunk out. <laughs> She's now, like, hyperventilating on the ground, and you, like, just burrow into the snow like a little animal. <laughs> and you seem pretty well hidden. Next up is Mama Bear. Mama Bear is going to look for you. However, Mama Bear has keen senses. So, let's see. Mama Bear actually does not find you. Mama Bear is now going to take one chomp at Strong. Oof definitely lands and actually bites him right in the leg and tears a huge chunk out and you see he collapses to the snow uh, it looks like he is in very 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 bad shape immediately oh my god you hear Grizz is still kind of struggling off in the snow she goes cow what are you doing hey jeremiah at this point, Strong is going to wild shape into his giant eagle form, seeing that you probably have Mama Bear under control and that he is in bad shape. He is going to try and get out of here, but he is going to try to take Baby Bear with him. Okay, he wild shapes into the eagle, takes a running start. You see he's bleeding from that eagle leg, digs his talons into Baby Bear and lifts it up into the air and begins to fly. He does nine points of damage, so not bad, as he digs those talons and pecks at it with its claw, and then is going to fly 40 feet up into the air and drop the baby bear. <laughs> drop the baby? That's horrible. <laughs> you're, you're thinking, wow, that's horrible, and you see the baby bear comes down and hits a boulder. <laughs> Instant silence. The mama bear lets out a... <laughs> that rings out into the air. And as she is crying, you actually see Calvin runs up to the mama bear. And he has this little dagger in her hand and begins stabbing at her neck. And he actually finishes the mama bear off. Gary will come out of the snow. Calvin, what are you doing? Uh, I save you. I want to be a hero like you. Jeremiah! Elizabeth runs over. She goes, what do you think you're doing, young man? Where did he get a knife? Where did you get this? I, I found it in the camp. Give that to me. She takes the knife away from Calvin. She goes, you are grounded, young man. You hear me? I just want to help like a like daddy. I just want to be a hero. <laughs> Gary's going to take a knee and um, put a hand on Calvin's shoulder. Daddy appreciates you coming to save him, but daddy's fine. He's always going to be fine. He can take care. 
of himself. Did I, did I, did I do something bad? Yeah, you did. Ugh. And Grizabeth like storms off into the trees to like cool off. What you did uh, is Strong near or not really? Strong, yeah, has come down as the eagle, but is like resting on a rock near the bear cub. He looks like he's out of it. Okay, so quiet enough so that he can't hear. Yeah. He's going to say, Calvin, what you did was very dangerous. And it's, yes, it's important to, to be able to protect your family. Don't worry so much about being a hero. That's not what's important. But, you, but what about Jeremiah and Jorgen and Rangana and Harlock? And yes. even you, you're a hero, Daddy. You saved, yeah. you saved Barnabas. Daddy, Jeremiah, Yogin, Rihanna, they are all grown-ups. You are still young. When you're older, Daddy can teach you to fight. But you are too young right now to do you know any other kids that fight with daggers I don't know I'm a big boy you're a big boy but not grown up but when you're ready daddy will teach you so you don't get hurt. Okay. I'm sorry, Daddy. And he tries to give you a hug. Yeah, he'll give him a hug too. Right now, you need to stay with Mommy. She'll keep you safe. Okay. And then when you're older, you keep her safe. Okay. Did, you know, Chris, did Chris take the dagger? Yeah, yeah, she took it. Yeah. So, other than that, you did good. And thank you. Okay, Dad. All right. He's going to go check on Strunk. Strunk is there. He's holding his leg. He has had a big chunk taken out of him. He's looking uh, pale green. Uh, he goes, Ugh. Well, that really... Turned around rather quickly. I didn't expect it to go so bad, to be honest. Yeah, well, bears are no joke. I usually hunt, you know, herbivores. <laughs> Do you have any healing magic? I could. The good berries help, but. I left them at the camp. Uh, uh, it looks like you can't go on. No, I can't. I'll fly. It'll be all right. Are you positive? Yes. We can't. Uh, we can't let everyone else down. I'll be okay, but let's get there quickly. Yes. I need somebody to patch me up. Right. Let's go. All right. Oh. Wait, this is dinner, right? Yes. Should we bring it with us? Hmm. It's a lot to carry. How much does a polar bear weigh? <laughs> Roll a nature check. 16. Couple hundred pounds at least. Um, hmm. Maybe not the mom, but the baby I can carry. Maybe we... Stash the mother for on the way back. The ice should be able to keep it preserved and will we carry the baby with us just in case. Gary's gonna cast floating disc yeah. and see if it withstands the mama bear. 
Okay, how much can it hold? 500 pounds? 500 pounds. You cast Floating Disc, and Strunk goes, Impressive. Worth a shot. And you guys both, like, you try to pick up the polar bear. She is heavy. It takes, like, all of your strength combined to, like, get the head on the disc, and then one paw, and then the other paw, and then kind of push it on. And once you get about half her torso onto the disc, the disc gives out. I can bring the baby. That seems more manageable. Okay, he's gonna cast another floating disc and put the baby on it. Yeah, uh, (laughs) you guys both have to work together to put the baby on. I mean, let's be... Look, for the listeners at home, we didn't kill a baby bear. It was more like a teen bear. Okay. All right? Nobody likes teenagers. Uh, and so it still takes your it still takes your combined efforts to get it on the disc, but it looks like it's holding. Okay. We'll come back later yeah. for Mama. Yeah. And a Strong begins covering it with snow and puts, like, a little stick on top of it <laughs> so that you know where it is. And he goes, oh... Oh my, I'm losing a lot of blood. We should get going. Well, here for now. I think I'm wearing Ostrogon's, like, duster coats or something. Yeah. I'll tear off uh, some of that so I can wrap it around uh, Strong's leg to stop the bleeding. You do that. You rip some of the duster coat and do like a little leather, not quite a tourniquet, but just like a makeshift bandaging job. Thank you. If you don't mind, I think I'll fly the rest of the way. So I'm not putting any weight on this leg. Yeah, just to stop the bleeding. All right. Thank you. Hopefully it's not too much further. I'll I'll see you at Hearthstone. See you there. All right. And he shifts. At this point, Grizzabeth comes back to you and she goes, Gary. Yeah. I am trying so hard not to be mad at you right now. At me? Why? Just... All the violence. I understand. I... Here's the thing. I get it. I know. I know we have no choice when the wilderness, but... You promised me it was behind us. I didn't want this for Kelvin. We're not there yet. But we will be. I just don't know where he got the knife. He said he found it at the camp, didn't he? Who was irresponsible leaving weapons around children? I don't know. Look at this thing. It's barely a butter knife. And she shows it to you. I mean, it's more like a steak knife. She's exaggerating, but it's like, it's not like a a fine weapon. It's not a dagger. Yeah. Someone was eating with it. Yeah, probably something. Or maybe like a a survival knife, but it's not like a killing machine. Chris, we don't have a choice. But I'm working to get us to a place where we don't have to do this kind of stuff. To anyone. Fine. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I I know it's not your fault, it's just... You know, I've never been good with this kind of stuff, so of course... When I see you do it with such ease, it... Makes me worry for Cal. Well... You... You took some... Archery, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you just don't want to, but really, you are more than capable. Let's talk about this later. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Jeremiah, come on. Okay, Mommy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Get in. (laughs) And she packs him in the little knapsack. And you see, Calvin is like crying a little tear. Just one tear down his cheek, and you only see his face sticking out of the backpack with his little cloak on. (laughs) But you trudge on through the cold winter snow. This has been Your Honor. 
Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Benetados as Gary Mogbile. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited and sound designed by Giancarlo Herrera. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes, or go to patreon.com slash Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you so much for listening, and I do declare, I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Well, hello there. Dr. Charlie Tuckett here. You know, rumor was Spaceship Oz-9 was intended to take a bunch of rich folks to a new planet since, uh, you know, we pretty much uh, used up the one we have now. But, you know, since it's uh, looking more and more likely the ship might uh, be humanity's last stand, let's take a quick look around. Are you telling me the four sacred tokens are all aboard the Oz-9? Remind me again why we're doing this? Allegiances are too muddled on this ship. MCCACEC is a normal institution of higher learning. Ah, but if you pull back the outermost layers... I'm from Minnesota, where we like our lives as neat and as open as the inside of a freshly caught and cleaned walleye. Do you know, I am now the only assassin aboard the ship. What are you doing alive? I want to know what side he's on when the ship hits the fan. Are they the most ridiculous people I've ever met? Uh, fetch that annoying bunch of trespassers so we can bring Pluto to heal. The new order starts today. Well, however this all plays out, if you have a strong stomach and a high tolerance for stupid, you can follow the Oz9's adventures just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. I got a trot, space monkeys. Stay safe out there. <laughs>